Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. We're graced with the presence today of Mia Cortez. It's really not that hard to create an authentic relationship or friendship with other people. I think that's a better way to be introduced to other people because you have someone backing you up and backing your character up. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? In terms of having the moment of, aha, I'm doing what I love, like I've had that several times working on TV shows for ABC and working with an amazing team that I loved. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me is your other host, Fred Keating. We are back at one of our favorite places. We are in Hollywood, California. We are at the Chateau Marmont. We're on the cool side of the pool side at the Chateau Marmont and about a stone's throw away from the iconic Sunset Boulevard. And we have a return guest as yes, well. Yes, we do. We have, uh, we're graced with the presence today of Mia Cortez, who's uh, been here before. Welcome, Mia. Thank you for coming back. Thank you so much for having me. We spoke with Mia and her business partner and life partner, Tom Muskamp, some time ago. And in fact, we're so impressed with what Mia's advice was to uh, the next generation, so to speak, of folks who are trying to gain some traction in this entertainment industry that we've asked her back as the producer of the uh, at Studio in the Sky Productions. Uh, we've had this discussion before. What exactly does a producer do? But let me put it a bit more specifically. What exactly do you do as a producer at Studio in the Sky? <laughs> what don't I do? Primarily, I handle all of the contracts that come through Studio in the Sky, all the negotiating um, with clients and um, locking down contracts, liaising with the network, um, doing the budgets, the schedules, also helping Tom cut if necessary, and even helping with the story producing of, of This Is All. Tom cut meaning? Edit. Tom editing, right, for not only your own productions, but also clients who, who come in with productions they want you to finish, so to speak. Sure, yes. Um, many of our clients have sizzles that they want us to produce and edit, so Tom and I will work on those um, and execute their vision. And these are the kind of teaser trailers about projects that haven't really even been shot yet or exist, but just to give potential investors incentive to get involved. Sure, yes. Sizzles are integral to television development and getting greenlit for a TV series or a pilot because it's almost like a first look of what they're envisioning this project to be. Even if it hasn't been shot, it's getting the right imagery, the right music, the right editing, and putting it anywhere from like a two to five minute presentation room. Now, Mia, I want to back up a little bit. Where does one go to learn to do what you do? I've always said that the best way to learn to do what I do is honestly through experience. And so getting your foot in the door is so crucial to that. Personally, I happen to get into the industry by being a production assistant and working my way up and doing anything and everything and going above and beyond what's asked of me so that I can climb that ladder and eventually be trusted with more responsibility. It's very similar, I think, to what you just said when you 
define producer? I said, what do you do as a producer? You said, what don't I do? The same answer would work if somebody says, what does a production assistant do? It's like, what doesn't she do? A PA is plugging the holes where they're at and, and just making sure that everyone has what they need to do their jobs and making sure that the production is running as seamless as possible. And if that means getting someone coffee to wrangling talent to helping being a grip or helping solve scheduling problems. It sounds like when you talk about handling contracts and communications between the clients and, in fact, those who are providing the product for them, it really is kind of the business side of show business. Yes, 100%. I mean, there are several types of producers, but I think a good producer is well-rounded and has experience in not just the creative side, but also the business aspect of it. You mentioned working your way up the ladder, and it seems to me, and you know, from my own experience as well, and Fred, your experience too, is that the way you work your way up the ladder is by showing people that they can trust you that they can rely on you. Sure. I mean, an executive producer, supervising producers, anyone high on the ladder, their time is so precious. So you as a PA or anyone lower on the ladder, you want to make sure that they've got everything they need, that they don't have to ask any questions. You're one step ahead of them all the time. As you're going up the ladder, that's so important to just be one step ahead of your boss, whoever that is, or bosses. So you really need to solve their problems before they even knew that they had the problems. Exactly. You're always anticipating problems before they're happening. So instead of waiting for them to ask you, you know, where is this contractor? What's the update on this client? In the, the beginning of that day, you're already briefing them on all of that without them even asking. It sounds like a wonderful, hectic type of experience. It must demand great flexibility, adaptability, not only to the current situation, which is always in flux, it seems, in production, but also to so many different personality types. Yeah, I think an invaluable trait to have is being adaptable to your environment and different personalities and knowing when you have to walk on eggshells around someone or you have to really drive something home to someone having the awareness of how to speak to a particular personality is so invaluable i'm guessing that you would say that this is something that not only applies to producers but it applies to everybody in the production field i think that trait will get you anywhere in any occupation whether it's in television or not having an emotional intelligence and and knowing how to speak to somebody because speaking to one person one way is going to be completely different from how someone else reacts to it. But yet, I don't think I've ever seen that listed as a college course. No, I wish they did. I mean, it would be so helpful. You know, I for some reason, I still know the Pythagorean theorem, but I've never used that. I wish they <laughs> would teach me how to handle different personalities. <laughs> I had to learn that through experience. When did you first become attracted to this profession and this lifestyle? I came to LA as a professional dancer. So I got into production quite randomly but I fell in love with it myself and I found really rewarding experiences and relationships and friendships that I still have from the very beginning. So that's what attracted me is, is being able to be creative, be successful and making a living from it. How did you springboard from that career as a professional dancer into becoming a production assistant? <laughs> that was a really random part of my life. I was booking, you know, as a dancer and I had a friend who was a production manager who needed help on a set at CBS. You know, I actually decided to take it on. I really didn't have any experience in that. He said I didn't need any experience that I would learn on the job. So I took it. You know, it really made me have to think about what I wanted to do if I wanted to pursue dance or if I wanted to pursue production. Ultimately, I felt I was a lot more fulfilled in production. So I went that route. And you got that gig because somebody trusted you. Yes. Someone trusted me. They knew that I was a responsible person. They knew that I would just get the job done. If I had to give anyone advice in entertainment, it's just 
just doing what it takes to get it done. And he saw that in me, and I'm thankful for that. From there, I booked other gigs as a PA. What were the elements that made you a bookable professional dancer? What characteristics to be successful as a dancer carried over or transferred into the new realm of television production? I think um, being a perfectionist <laughs> um, really helped me. I hold a certain standard. Anything below that is unacceptable. I think that goes a long way. Whether it's the most menial task to a really important responsibility, you always want to make sure that no matter what you're doing, you're giving it 100%. And I found that really helpful transitioning from dance into production. And I suppose the physical shape that most dancers are in, that the discipline physically means to a potential engager, she's capable of working many more hours. She has <laughs> stamina to burn, this woman. Yeah, I guess that's a unique way of looking at it. Um, yes, that's true, because being on your feet a lot as a PA, you're always running around. You never really know what you're, you're going to get yourself into. So long hours was something that I, I was familiar with. Being fit and having the discipline to learn my craft and perfect my craft. Have you ever experienced I guess, for want of a better word, harassment or less than acceptable treatment by virtue of being a young woman in this business? Yes. I'm a big supporter of other women because of my issues that I've had in my career being a woman, a young lady in entertainment. You know, it's, it's always difficult when you're navigating a big, scary city by yourself with no one really to help guide you. I came here with really no no established friends and, and no mentors and and so i did encounter a lot of harassment and a lot of issues that still stay with me and in the back of my mind i think that's why i'm so supportive of other women and in people in general not just women to help guide them in standing up for yourself and just doing what's right for you and looking at the big picture not just doing what it you have to do to get this gig now now you've mentioned long hours you've mentioned hard work you've mentioned the need for stamina but there's that misconception out there that the production business particularly in places like Los Angeles and New York, London. It's all fun and games. Would you like to <laughs> dispel that myth? Yeah, that is the biggest myth someone can say about entertainment. It's that entertainment's not all glamorous. Everything that you see on that screen is backed up by hundreds or thousands of people who've put in hundreds of hours. Crazy turnarounds, meaning rapping very, very late at night only to start super early the next morning, very little sleep. It's not as glamorous as anyone, I think, would expect it to be, but it, it is is very rewarding. Those who don't love it don't last very long in it when they find out what the real demands are physically and mentally and emotionally, spiritually for that matter. I always want to say to young people, there is no single person who can stop you or dominate you in terms of finding other work with more reputable individuals in this industry. There are bottom feeders, but there are also some tremendous opportunities and tremendously creative people to learn to work with. I think that there are people who bank on inexperienced young people in the industry who will say, I can make or break your career. And being an impressionable person, you want to please people around you and you want to get the job. And it's such a competitive industry here. So you want to you want to be the one picked, especially if you don't have a lot of experience in entertainment. It might be easy to give in to some of these pressures. But I think that's why it's so important to just be super grounded in yourself and confident that your intuition and your gut is telling you something for a reason and there is nobody out there that can make or break your success. I think we need to remember that anyone with a printer can create a business card that says producer <laughs> yeah. even if it's a producer in some reputable studio. Anybody can print that and say to you I can make things happen for you. While that's true at one level it's uh, 
it's not very nice at another. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's so many people out here that are so-called producers. It's up to the person to do their homework. A quick Google search, see what their credentials are, and see even if you even want to be around this person, even if they could influence your career. Is it the price that you want to pay? When there's so many other incredible individuals that could help you in your career in a positive way without all that pressure. Are there a lot of meetup groups here for young people that would help somebody who just gets off the Greyhound get with other like-minded individuals who perhaps have been here a little bit longer and could share some important information? I didn't experience a ton of meetup groups um, to enter this circle of entertainment. However, I will say that it's really easy to become friends with someone that's in entertainment on some level, whether it's um, an actor, an actress, manager, um, in production, in graphics even. You know, there's so many aspects to entertainment that it's really not that hard to create an authentic relationship or friendship with other people. And socially, that's how you get your way in and socially I think that's a better way to be introduced to other people because you have someone backing you up and backing your character up. So where do you think your career is going to be headed? It's funny that you say that because I never even imagined that my career would be at Studio in the Sky and it's been such an amazing experience for me. So I don't even want to limit myself at this point. You know, this time last year, I was head of post for original media in Los Angeles. Before then, I was freelancing for several different production companies and TV networks. And I thought that my career would be in post-production as the head of the department. And then I got there and I was like, well, now what? I don't want to only limit myself to this and so Studio in the Sky has given me the opportunity to explore other avenues but still provide my skill set to the production company. Sounds like one needs to be comfortable with the ambiguity of your career maybe going in this direction, maybe going in that direction. You're not really sure but it's all going to work out. Tom and I have a plan of what we'd like to get into. Right now we're doing television development projects for high-level executives at um, Lionsgate, at NBC, at United Artists even and we'd like to explore going into you know, more films and film trailers. I'd like to go into Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast, and more women-centric brands as well. We definitely have a plan, but we're also flexible enough to be able to zip back and forth and to be adaptable. And to go where the opportunities are. Oh, 100%, yes. <laughs> Was there a pivotal moment when you thought to yourself, I'm in the game. I would like to think that I'm always going to have a mentality of there's another rung above me. Even if other people might think I've made it, I don't even think I will ever say that. I think there's always going to be something I'm going to always reach for. In terms of having the moment of, aha, I'm doing what I love, like I've had that several times working on TV shows for ABC and working with an amazing team that I loved. They were amazing creatively. They were fun to work with. I was being compensated for it. I had worked at that point. I had had at least 50 or 60 TV shows under my belt. And to have that moment was really rewarding. That was 50 or 60 TV shows under your belt as an editor, right? The 50 or 60 TV credits was basically everything from PA to post supervisor. And even since then, I've been doing so many more projects in different capacities. Yet you came here to pursue a career as a dancer. So now as you look back at that, do you say to yourself, I wonder how this happened or I'm glad it did? I will always love dance and I still dance in the studio. It's just, it's not my way of paying the bills. But when I look back on my life, I actually realized that my life was preparing me for production because when I was a dancer in school, I had my hand in the production. I was helping with the staging and the lighting and the producing of the actual show and the marketing for the shows. I feel in a way I was being prepared for this lifestyle now anyways. So as 
we often say, get your foot in the door any way you can and the opportunities will come to you. We also say that when you're casting about for what may be your specialty or niche in the entertainment industry, look at what you do now that you really love and enjoy. And there's probably a category in the industry for just those skills, just those things that put you in the zone. And as Mia says, be compensated for it on top of it all, the cherry on the Sunday. Well, that sounds like a pretty good place to end this episode, would you say, Fred? Let's thank Mia and move on. But I do, I'm going to ask you right away whether or not uh, at some point we can get you back at another level of your career and find out what's the latest with Mia Cortez. I love hanging out with you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.